This is Cardinal Francis George. I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Word on Fire Catholic Ministries is a nonprofit ministry at the forefront of Catholic evangelization, using new media to spread the faith on every continent. Father Barron challenges us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The global benefactors of Word on Fire, with the support of the Archdiocese of Chicago, now present Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, the most important teaching in the Bible is the primacy of grace. God's love comes first. When we get this wrong, everything else in the spiritual life is thrown off kilter. Listen to how St. John expresses this love of predilection, to give it its technical name, in our first reading. Listen now to John. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he has loved us and sent his Son as the expiation of our sins. In today's gospel, Jesus himself expresses the very same idea. Listen. It was not you who chose me, but I who chose you. That's the gratia prima principle, that grace comes first. If we play the game of loving God in order to get God to love us, then we are lost. If we think we can earn our salvation, to work our way into God's heart, then we are lost. Here's a way to think about it. We would not even exist were it not for God's love. That's because God needs nothing. Therefore, God has no self-interest. And therefore, whatever exists outside of God exists simply because God desires some good for it. And that's what love is, to desire the good of the other. That means the existence of everything from archangels to worms is a sign of the love of predilection, that love has come first. Love precedes our intelligence. It precedes our courage. It precedes our wills, our designs, our purpose, our very existence. Love comes first. We don't need to deserve it or merit it or earn it. Now, this central truth is affirmed by every great figure in our theological and spiritual tradition. I mean by Paul, by Irenaeus, by Augustine, by Thomas Aquinas, by John Henry Newman, by the Fathers of Vatican II. And, to be fair, it's precisely what the great reformers, Luther and Calvin, insisted upon. And they were right in insisting upon that. Think of a connection here, how family dynamics are thrown off. The minute children start thinking that they have to earn their parents' love. Just think of that, a family now where the the children, day after day, are convinced they have to earn their parents' love through some activity or some excellence. Now, does it happen? Yeah, it does. That's how families go off the rails. That's how they become dysfunctional. 
if children sense there's a great if quality to their parents' love, then things get messed up. Well, in human families and in the family of God, love properly has an unconditional quality to it. It's not there because of anything. There are no ifs involved. It comes first. Okay, (laughs) that point has now been made about as clearly as I can make it. And I wouldn't take back one little bit of it. However, friends, this love of predilection, as important and central as it is, doesn't tell the whole story. Listen to the opening lines of the gospel for today. This is from that magnificent high priestly discourse in the gospel of John. It's a last supper discourse, the night before he dies. Jesus sits down with his disciples and and gives this magnificent speech. Here's what he says now for our gospel for today. As the Father loves me, so also I love you. Okay, that's the love of predilection. Love comes first. But then this, listen. Remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love. As I just said, unconditional love involves no if, but we just heard the word. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love. The God of unconditional love is indeed presented consistently throughout the Bible. But the God of the Bible is also a God who presents lots and lots of commandments, some form of if you keep my covenant, etc., Okay, and here's the point of my homily today. How do we make sense of this? How do we read together the love of predilection, the unconditional love of God, and this correctly described conditional love of God? I think much hinges on that little word, remain, which John uses frequently in his gospel, menain in his Greek. God's love, yes, is given unconditionally as a grace. But, but, remaining in that love is indeed a matter of keeping certain commandments, of doing certain things. Here's how it works. God's love can truly dwell in us and become our possession only in the measure that we give it away. Let me say that again because it's right at the heart of the whole thing. God's love, which is given as a grace, it can't be earned or merited. It's given unconditionally, but it can remain in us, become our possession only in the measure that we actively and consciously give it away. Here are the two ways that God's love does not remain in us. First of all, if we resist it, it happens a lot. The image I've used is, is you know, if the um, if someone's being very kind to you over and over again, but you resist it, you you don't receive it. You're you're just you're just holding up a block to it. So resisting is one problem. The other one, though, is trying to cling to it, to have it. Either way, resisting to it or clinging to it, it'll never work its way into our hearts and our bodies and our minds. But listen now. If we take the love of God and then 
give it away as an act of love, then we get more of it. Entering into that delightful stream of grace, water bubbling up in us to eternal life, as Jesus puts it to the woman at the well. And now in the gospel, Jesus specifies things precisely in line with this logic. Listen now. This is my commandment. Love one another as I love you. That's how it works. If you give away the divine love that was given to you as a pure gift, then you keep it. Then it remains in you. Does that make sense, friends? I think this is right at the heart of the operation. And see, we can get either of these wrong. You get the love of predilection wrong. Then you're doing this all this earning and meriting and trying to deserve. Or you can get this conditional love wrong, and then the love of God doesn't remain in you. If you simply say, you know, quietistically, oh, God loves me unconditionally, and it's all I've got to worry about. Well, then that love will not remain in you. It's the play of the unconditional and the conditional that allows the divine love to remain. And this is the great Catholic doctrine of grace and the cooperation with grace. We Catholics don't drive a great wedge between law and grace. And here I'll be critical of the Reformers. I praised them earlier, and if they were right about the love of predilection. But some of them, anyway, drove a wedge between law and grace, which is problematic, unnecessary. Rather, we say that law and commandment allow us to participate in the love that God freely gives. It's a play, if you want, of both conditional and unconditional love. And this is precisely why we can grow in love. Jesus tells the disciples just before entering into his passion that he no longer calls them slaves, but friends. Now, why? This is because they've been invited into a very deep intimacy with him. Think of the whole Bible as the story of God's desire to share his love with us. Yes, and then to have us grow in that love. St. Bernard in a wonderful homily, speaks of the kiss of the feet, the kiss of the hand, and the kiss of the mouth. He's referring to three basic levels involved in our love for Christ. The kiss of the feet is the first move. That means the move of repentance. That's where, listen now, the reception of the divine love convinces us that we're sinners. That's a very important moment in the spiritual life. When God's love, freely given, breaks in, and I realize I'm a sinner. Now sing, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Quite right. Israel in the Bible often finds itself in just that attitude. And what's required then is the kiss of the feet. Repentance. That's followed, though, if you're going to grow in God's love, by the kiss of the hand. That's the relationship, if you want, of slave to master or disciple to teacher. It represents someone who has endeavored to follow the commands of Christ, 
to respond to the demands of love. Now, if you're in this sort of master-slave relationship, it means it's still difficult, still hard, demanding. If you keep my commandments, you remain in my love. Okay, that's the servant who's been given a, a task, and he's got to perform it. Again, Israel, time and again in the Bible, finds itself in this attitude, and so do we. You know, Maybe we move from the kiss of the feet, just repentance, now to the kiss of the hand, discipleship. But finally, Bernard says, there comes the kiss of the mouth, which means real friendship and intimacy. This is when love, the divine life, which we've cooperated with by giving it away, becomes effortless. It becomes second nature to us. When we become conduits joyfully of the divine love to the world. See, and this is precisely now what Jesus means when he says, I no longer call you servants, but friends. This is the move from the kiss of the hand to the kiss of the mouth. This is the growth in intimacy with the Lord that comes by cooperating with his grace. Now, what's the goal of all this? I think one of the great summary lines in the whole New Testament, listen. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy might be complete. That's what God wants, period. He wants us joyful. How do we get it? By accepting grace, the love of predilection, that God's love comes first. But then, friends, by doing what he commands, a conditional love, if you want, growing in his love by giving it away. That's how we become the joyful friends of Christ. And God bless you. I hope you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George, and I pray that God will bless you and those you love. Four years in the making, and it's finally here. Our new Catholicism documentary series, book, and study program are now available to order online at catholicismseries.com. Will you help me introduce this epic film series to your parish, school, family, and friends? Catholicism is an unprecedented adventure around the world and deep into the faith. Learn more at catholicismseries.com or call 1-866-928-1237. That's 1-866-928-1237.